Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I got confused for a minute because he pointed at me. I'm like, am I supposed to do this now? I think it was just a generic, ta-da, let's go. Yeah, it was this, you know, yay. Let it begin. <laughs> I thought you always started with like, and now for something totally different. No, generally no. Kevin starts with the intro, and then we- I throw it off the rails. Or Justin does. Yeah, I, I, sometimes Depending I fuck it up too. For, for essentially a year and a half, we did the exact same routine. Uh-huh. And I got really tired of it at one point. So I just yelled in the middle of him doing it. And that's kind of started the thing. Okay. So this is the intro now, right? Yes. So who okay. are you? Who am I? <laughs> yeah. I'm, you just, I'm Justin. Gotten to you. I'm Justin. We haven't gotten to him either. I, no, I did not say that. Oh, my you name. didn't. I am Mark. Were, yeah. And we're at the, the Casa di Liberto. Andrew, how are you? Good I'm good. You. I'm good. Thanks. Thank you for. Uh, Having us in your lovely abode here, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it's, it. Uh, it's really nice. I love the uh, all the work you've done outside. Thanks. I mean, it's probably like one giant tree away from being absolutely perfect. But <laughs> <it's really nice. laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's but, what happens when you cut cut out a uh, you know a member of your family. Yes. Good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and that's the episode. See you. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Drink the meat yourselves. <laughs> So anyway, this is going to be the second uh, half of the meat baking episode. I didn't get a chance to join you guys for the first half, so I'm very, very excited to be part of the second half, which after listening to the first one and knowing how much you guys drank and now seeing just what we're getting ready to do, I'm like, all right, I get it. I see where we're going. <laughs> um, so um, can one of you guys, I wasn't here, so can yeah. one of you guys give us a quick give a quick recap of uh, what happened in episode one there for us? So episode one, we um, had just made the uh, the must for this mead, and then um, we sat down and talked about that as long as well as the um, now that we can say extremely successful Long Island Mead Festival that um, will hopefully be returning next year. Yep. And then um, this step is is known as back sweetening. So essentially, the yeast has eaten all the sugar in the must. So it's down below one uh, gravity, um, one standard gravity. And we're going to add um, a sugar a sugar solution to it, honey, to raise it up and make it more palatable and get the honey character that we're looking for. So exactly, how do we do that, Andrew? Um, yeah, that's a good that's, that's a good question. Well, um, I'm just gonna because. I just want to explain some terms that Justin's throwing out here for the people that aren't terribly familiar. So must is just the fancy term for the unfermented honey wine. Okay. And uh, just to cover our ass in case we get like somebody that's like, well, actually, it's specific gravity, not standard gravity. Okay. Now that the pedantic ones have been assuaged, we can... uh, Carry on, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> so the you know, last time I was on, we made this mead using the, the hairy vetch honey and the, the recipe for Warren Earl um, out of Arizona, um, who's a, a fantastic mead maker. And um, this was a mead that took second best to show at our, uh, at our competition last year. And we were all talking about it. Um, and he posted the recipe. So this is the, the second episode um, when we're, we're back sweetening it. So I, I don't typically do this. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of two, yeah, I guess two ways that you could end up at a, at a, with a, a residual amount of sugar, um, a final, you know, I guess a final gravity um, for your mead. Uh, one way to do it is keep taste. I, I like to keep tasting it as I'm fermenting it. And when I feel like it tastes, like I usually have, um, I usually have like a number in mind like that I want to hit. 
And when I get around that, I start tasting it. And when it hits that number, then I just, I just cold crash it. And then it just stops the yeast cold. It doesn't, I, I, I'm usually, you know, it usually doesn't get below the gravity that I wanted to get, get to. But the other way that some people do it, um, which is a, a, a much, a much more precise, I guess you can say, um, in some regards, measure of control, which is to uh, back sweeten it. So you, the honey, you let the whole thing. So honey is, you know, is a, is a monosaccharide. The yeast is just going to eat the entire, entire thing up, especially when you're using a wine yeast that has, you know, 14% alcohol tolerance to it. It's going to eat the sugars down to zero. And um, what you do at that point is you could back sweeten it. You could add sugar, add honey back to it. Um, to get the the residual sugar that you want in there, so there's a there's a lot of pros and cons to to to, to both. You know, there's people who argue that okay, you know, I like, you know, fermenting it that it has more of a blended flavor to it. Um, you know, there's in you know that that's kind of the criticism of back sweetening it that it doesn't seem like it's a, a cohesive product. And I, I think most most people who make mead would would probably realize that that that's not true. Like you can't, I don't know anybody who could tell the difference between. You know, a meat that's been back sweetened and a, and a meat that's been stopped at its final gravity. Just certain preferences. On the way over here, Justin and I were having kind of a precursor to the same conversation. And I wanted to ask you, of, you know, I don't know if you know this, but on like in commercial ventures, is there one technique that's preferred over the other? No. All right. Because I, I know, I've known, I, I, yeah, I've known commercial producers who do both. Who do both. Right. Like just like doing a thought experiment and working through it in my head, I was thinking like, okay, the being able to go all the way down to ferment it all the way out and then back sweeten it back. Just like, it seems like the easiest way to get a consistent product. Yeah. Like in my head. So I was like, all right, that, that makes sense to me. And then Justin mentioned that it's probably, it requires more honey and probably costs quite a bit, costs a bit more to do it that way. So I'm like, oh, well then commercially they probably don't do it that way. No, they do both. And there's actually a third way that I just remembered that I forgot. So the third way of doing it is using, um, so uh, yeast, so alcohol, you know, uh, ethanol and other alcohols are, are toxic to, to yeast, you know, it's a living organism. And certain yeast strains, um, different yeast strains can only tolerate certain amounts of okay. um, alcohol in solution before they die. And so the other thing... Kind of like humans. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, proven by all the hazings ever in, in America. So um, so what some people do is they use a certain type of yeast strain that only has... Like, let's say, let's say uh, I want, you know, a certain amount of, of, of residual sugar. I'll use a yeast and I'll... You basically oh. just overwhelm it, right? Yeah. Right. You're, so you're, you use you're, it to the control point. Yeah. Your starting right. gravity is so high that when the yeast gives up yeah you're at the residual sweetness yeah that, that makes that makes sense right so like you could you could calculate so like you, the amount your your starting gravity um you could calculate as you guys know you could you could calculate um the amount of sugar that's turned into to into ethanol and co2 you can calculate the the abv for okay you know, so we, all you do is you're like, okay, so I'm going to target, you know, my, I want my final gravity to be like 1040 or whatever. So you just, you know, okay, so 10%, I need this amount of sugar, and then I'll just go over that, you know, by, by you know, 40 gravity points. Okay. So that's, that's the third way that other people, some people have done it before as well. But that's, that's probably the least precise out of, okay. out of all of them. You're basically leaving it up to the yeast to go, hey, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> and so the problem is, is that there's, it doesn't, it, it, you know, there's a lot of things that could 
go wrong with that. Sometimes the, the yeast goes over the alcohol tolerant range, you know, depending on the nutrients you're using, the amount of nutrients you're using. It could be less. Right? right, right, right. So that's that's probably the least imprecise way to way to do it. But there are some people, I believe, who do it. I, I, I don't want to name anybody, but I, I, there's some, some well-known producers that I'm, I'm fairly certain that's how, that's how they do it. I mean, I guess... I think again, if you can control for as many variables as you as you possibly can, yeah. That and if you have like a house strain that you want to, that you can keep using and you're yeah. consistently working with that, I could see how you could get the same the quality results that you enjoy, that you want in that situation. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's usually people who have very sweet meads, okay. You know who do it that way. So it's like okay, you know, like I'm gonna, you know, let's start at eleven seventy. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, that's what I did with, with yeah. Brian Braswell. That's, yeah, that was eleven, I think eleven seventy or sixty. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the bragging, right? Yeah, the bragging. Yeah, yeah, and it crapped out at like eleven eighty, and I was like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> what is going to happen? Yeah. Um, so we have created. Well, you have created um, four different uh, levels mm-hmm. that we're going to deal with. Well, I mean, we have the base, the base which is currently fermented out to below one. Um, specific gravity. We have a 1030, a 1040, a 1050, and then we have just straight up um, honey syrup. Honey syrup, which smells delicious. Yeah, it's a great honey. It really is. It smells uh, like you were saying earlier, very floral, uh, geranium, um, that type of uh, thing. Rose hips, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. It actually, yeah. Unfortunately, I had to. I dumped a bunch of beer we made with rose hips the other day, and actually did have some some of that character to it. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, it also had a character of. Um, you know, baby vomit too. So, yeah. but it, to me, like the thing that's the most characteristic out of this this honey is that juicy fruit flavor, like that juicy fruit gum flavor that I I, I really enjoy a lot. That I was I remember I remember trying it at the best of show table and being like, wow, this is a really interesting expressive honey. Oh man, oh this is this is awesome. Uh, this I, get, I know that I like yeah. I know we were joking oh. like this was just like with diabetes, but like. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah, put it on ice cream. Um, there's, there's so much. There's like a really strong vanilla notes to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, totally agree. Rosh Hashanah. Well, as we're recording this, Rosh Hashanah just p- passed, and you know the celebration. You usually have a uh, honey and bread to start the new sweet year, New Year sweetly. And I'm just like, I'm having flashbacks to being a little kid, like basically huffing the honey bear, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like just that that intensity of the honey flavor in it, and. I just want this and like a big loaf of a big challah bread and I'm just oh, leaving yeah. in the corner for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I love that idea. I, I did not know that, but I, I uh, love that idea for, for New Year's. Yeah, for New Year's right. Eve, yeah. Uh, apple, a lot of uh, sweets are uh, apple, th- usually apples and honey and stuff like that. So like an apple honey cake is a very traditional, uh, you know, Rosh Hashanah oh, very dessert. Cool. But, oh, man. Yeah, the, the there's, that, there's that vanilla. There's a little bit of floral notes in there and this is just it's so delicious it is very tasty you go back to the base and you realize exactly how dry the base really is yes i mean when i had it before and you know obviously i know it's dry but when you go from from the uh the from sugar water from sugar water to the base it's like okay yeah the yeast got all that yeah but and it's very interesting so i think one of the issues is so it's 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 super floral right you know, and, and you know, like we said, so we said geranium, and I think we said rose hips. I said I think I said lilac, maybe. You know, like they're just a very kind of like you know expressive floral character to it. Um, but it's missing all of that. Like that vanilla flavor is gone. 
that kind of light caramel flavor is gone. Mm, right. The um, that juicy fruit gum flavor is gone. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I always, for some reason, in my head, I said this earlier. I liken it to cream soda yeah. a lot. So we that's a good one. Analogy to yeah. it, I think yeah. Yeah, so we want, we want that back, right? Right. So that's why we're we're back sweetening it. Because I, I mean, when I was drinking the base before, I mean, I haven't had any the other any of the other solutions. I was like, oh, this is pretty. This is pretty good, like this. But now, like now, like right, I'm like oh yeah, this is shit. Like we need to <laughs> we need to add something to this. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, Gordon Strong said to me once. I you know I was at NHC a couple of years ago, uh, the president of the BJCP, and I was, I forget what I said to him, but I. I don't know what precipitated this comment, but he he looked at me and he's like, "Why would anybody want to make a dry mead?" I was like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough." <laughs> you know, that's pretty much whatever. I, the only thing I try to make. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because in general, I'm like, this is kind of sweet for me. You you were also this, I, like the person that I I hate because you have no sweet tooth. Like you like sweet things, but you will have. Motherfucker, we talk about it on the podcast all the time. Has a bag of M and M's. His wife got them for Christmas like two years ago. Uh-huh. A bag Literally of two years ago. Yeah, it's and, not empty yet. And he, yeah. yeah, he'll have one or two M and M's and put the bag away. And I look at him and I'm like, that's that's not possible. Yeah, like I mean, you don't have to eat all of them, but there's not many people who are going to have two M and M's and be satiated with sweetness. It, it never seems sweet. Like I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm totally with you. Like I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth. I don't. I skip dessert. You know, I'm like, you know, I do like the French cheese thing or whatever. Um, you know, and Kathy has a big sweet tooth, and I, I just don't do it. But the meats never seem, they never seem, well, some of them seem sweet, obviously. But the ones that I think are nicely balanced, it never seems sugary or, or sweet to me. It, seems, it always seems balanced. I mean, it's, and again, it just goes back to my personal preference. But sure, like, of course. You know, we, when Justin and I made the uh, uh, Tropical Stat with Brian and Don, I don't remember which one of them pulled out a bottle of Shram's Mead. Well, and like... We had that, and then I like we all three of us ended up getting sick because we apparently caught the plague from Kevin's cousin. But, <laughs> but, okay. but we both I, thought I, our stomach was upset. Justin and I thought it was like, yeah. oh man, that meat after the pizza and drinking all day, <laughs> like it was like, oh boy, I hurt your stomach. I thought it did, but it wasn't. It ended up being literally the worst stomach virus I've ever had yeah. in my entire life. I, I've had that before. That I've had it where it, it like it hurts my stomach. like if um. I like drinking the, you know, like those naked drinks. Yeah, yeah, right. That's all fruit. Like if I drink that too fast, like I'll get like a, a cramp up my stomach. I will now that I'm, you know, I don't eat a lot. I mean, I I still want to, but I avoid eating sugar and and I only drink on Sundays and like I've been eating clean for a long time. Yeah, for the most part. And um, if I do, if I'm eating really good for a long stretch, the yeah. first time I go off the rails, I'm always like, "What is wrong with you? Why did Why you did do I that?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Your body's revolting against yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I think I think that you know, obviously, the idea of this uh, exercise is to balance you know that being too sweet with while still getting the honey flavor in there, that honey character. Yeah, like what I was saying earlier is you you want to get the honey character back. Um, if it's a little flabby. Um, or seems a little too sweet. We can adjust that out with adding acid. You know what I mean. So we're not super worried about that. I mean, if it's, if obviously it's like way over the top, then you know, then then it's a no go. But if it's something like ah, you know, this one's a little bit more flabbier than the other one. Um, you know, I'm not. We're not too overly concerned with that. We're just kind of looking for a good expressive honey character to balance the alcohol. So this ended up about by uh, uh, at about eight percent. By the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, very reasonable. That's basically a borderline session meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like a draft meat. You know, the, 8%. <laughs> um, is there a particular acid that you prefer to use? I mean, there's a lot of options. I mean, there's malic acid, lactic acid, tartaric acid. Yeah. I, you know, I, acid. I like lactic acid. It's nice. It's clean. Um, I know some people who swear by tartaric acid. 
you know, they won't use anything else. Um, now, what is that one generated from? I'm not familiar. Tataragat. Like, like, I know you said malic acid. That's like apples, apples yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know Tataragat. Like, what is that? What's the source of that? Do you know? Or? I, I, uh, tataric acid. I don't know, actually. Not sorry. Sorry to like put you on the spot. No, no, no. no. Well, like, yeah, titrates from. Yeah, I don't know. Huh? All right. Google That's away. Cool. I will yeah. be Googling. Yeah. Um, so okay. while he Googles that, I kind of, um, drank ahead a little bit oh that's um, interesting it's actually grapes grapes yeah so it's like tannin acid yeah okay. it's, it's, it's mostly used in wine yeah okay and it, i guess that's why it translates into gotcha. making it now i um i skipped ahead a little bit here and so going from the solution overachiever to the that's always i i always worked ahead i, I wanted to be the one <laughs> i wanted to be done first in class okay leave me alone yeah. you, you want to be careful because you don't want to go to solution to you know what i mean no, I, I went in order, okay, but I'm it. saying I just went to the next step got it, got it, got here, it, got it. and I'm just really, I haven't done this exercise before, uh-huh. um, so to do this and really see the difference between the solution and then how dried out it was, yeah. was really impressive to me, and it was I was like, oh, and as you were saying, the comment of why would you make the dry one, in the past, I've been a big drinker of dry like if it's more dry i'd enjoyed it more especially like dry white wine is more mm-hmm. my style and now just like seeing that difference i'm like all right i do want more of that back and just going to the first tier of the 10 30 mm-hmm. that we got to i'm like wow that's how much that came back yeah so that's really impressive to me just seeing like how much that difference in just the first tier was yeah and you made me think of something else actually when you're doing this that it's really super important that you start at the least uh sugary solution that like you start the, the one with the least amount of sugar in it so like um if you ever this is a really cool experiment to do to do at home uh you know take like five glasses of water and and put like you know a teaspoon of of uh just table sugar into one and then two t- teaspoons into the second and then the third and then the fourth and then the fifth right you know what i mean like keep, keep bumping up the sugar and try the first one you're like wow that's really sweet and then when you get to the fifth Go back to the first again. You're like, I don't even taste any sugar anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, your palate gets really used to really fast the the sugar that's in it. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a definitely an easy way to replicate a similar experience. Yeah. Um. So, did you guys try the the ten thirty one yet, or are we on to that? Or I'm sorry, yeah. I cut off the the quite the acid question. Was there more? Oh no, sense no, or? that no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm sure you could. I mean. You know, again, if you were making a sizer, you might use malic acid. A sizer, you know, is obviously a combination with uh, with, the, with, with the apple, apple juice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did have some of the ten thirty. My, uh, I think that it's definitely you, you can you can see that you know there's the honey in there. I for me, it was a little bit low on the vanilla notes that we were looking for. Um, it was fairly similar to the to the base for me. Yeah, I mean, you could de- you definitely get the the sweetness in there. Um, you know, but I think it's it's. It is seems more reminiscent of like the the floral character, um, definitely in the nose. Like I think in the aroma, like there's almost none of the the honey character in it. In the back, the flavor front end, it's it's those perfumey floral notes. But mid to end palette, I'm definitely getting some of the honey back in there. I'm getting a little bit like that light caramel, and um, and some of the vanilla you talked about as well. Um, but it's it's low. It's it's definitely yeah. It still finishes pretty dry. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be other. I mean. I'm assuming that there's a relative mouthfeel that we're looking for too. I mean, or is it mostly flavor? Well, uh, yeah, just mostly flavor. Okay. Yeah. The um, I mean, the difference in mouthfeel between like a ten thirty, ten forty, and ten fifty. You know what I mean? It's not gonna be that much. You're right. You're talking about a difference of 
you know, you talk, you're talking about a different split code. You know, a tenth of a pound per gallon, you know. The difference for me between the 30 and the 40 is, it's a lot, I mean, to me, it's it's much sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of like it. Um, and I think that the, the vanilla notes come in up from more up front. Um, that's my favorite part of the of the the base uh, honey, so that's kind of why I'm keying in on it. Mm. Yeah, there's that definitely does. a noticeable change in the mouthfeel though between the yeah, ten thirty and the ten forty. That's kind of why I ask because it definitely is much more. I mean, perceptibly viscous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I'm wrong. So, um, I, I definitely see what you guys are saying. You know, what's funny is that I feel like the alcohol notes are coming out a little bit more in the ten forty, which is interesting. Hmm. Definitely in the finish. It's definitely a little bit of heat. I think that it also might be um, some of the aftertaste of the uh, the floral too. Yeah. <coughs> I see what you guys are talking about with the with the adjustment to the mouthfeel. The viscosity is definitely there. Um, I like that the in the forty that you're starting to get. Almost a lot close. I feel like there was a big step between that, between the 30 and the 40. I'm surprised. Like, going, moving up, I mean, moving from zero to 30 is a huge, like, step. So that made sense to me. But I'm surprised at how much just the 10 points, right, right, is is that different. Um, And I'm really enjoying the 40 more. I think it's kind of, it's starting to tastes more complete yeah to me um i i don't know if it's just that it's starting to all mush together on my tongue now or you know I, i'm trying i'm trying to go back and make sure that i can try some of the have some seltzer to like clean off the palate a little bit and try to uh differentiate it but i definitely the aroma and that front flavor is definitely more full-bodied um than in the 10 than in the 30 yeah i agree I definitely agree. I think the, the you know there's a, there's a big noticeable difference, and it's I, I said a tenth of a pound, a third of a pound is what I meant. Oh, okay. Yeah, third, okay. it'll be a third of a pound of honey would be the difference between ten points. Okay. Or a little less than a third. And that would be per gallon. Yeah, per gallon. Okay. The um I went up to ten fifty, and um it's the, the sweetness is intensified in equal amount from th- thirty to forty. Uh, and then again to fifty. To me, it goes. It, the, the sweetness is too too much. Too much. It almost uh, the sweetness almost blankets the flavor for me. See, like this is hmm. the sweetness on this was like my maximum enjoyment on as, fifty, right? Yeah, yeah. Like any sweeter than this, and then I'm just gonna be like, I, I can't drink a glass of that. Where it is right now, I could enjoy a glass of it, and I really think that you know, Andrew, you had mentioned that like the tent and forty, like some of the alcohol notes came more forward oddly enough and yeah. I don't really taste that in the 1050. I agree. I think I'd like to try um I'd like to I so this is what what happens next um that I would try 1045. I was thinking exactly that because I think that, that splitting the difference would be pretty good. Can we Yeah. Pause we, and I'll, I'll get yeah. 1045. Come yeah. And through the magic of the internet we're back. Hooray. All right, so uh, Andrew mixed up some 4-5 uh, for us, splitting the difference between the 40 and the 50. So let's give this one a shot. Oh, man. I think it's money. Yeah, yeah. I do too. 
Yeah, it doesn't have the. Um, it does. Pro- it provides more of the. Sh- of the that vanilla note and more of the honey character in the beginning, but avoids becoming Lingering. overly viscous. Yeah, ling- like the four, like the fifty did, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have quite the. Well, I mean, obviously, it doesn't have the same lingering sweetness. Exactly. Yeah, it it doesn't sit on your tongue as long as the other one did. So, I think uh, that's nice. I think I think you found the magic number there. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it has, and it has, it has that, that 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 juicy fruit flavor that I like. It now. When you go back to the uh, the base, it's uh-huh. like it, it's it's almost rubbing alcohol like, and it's it's, <laughs> it's uh, not the flavor necessarily, but in the in the the, the, the mouth feel, it's like that crazy thin you know yeah you can feel the prickly alcohol is very prickly yeah yeah that's a big that's a big swing back oh (laughs) yeah so would you now being just based on how you're the the flavor now Uh uh-huh do you think you would you need to add any acid to it no no idea because i I thought well well i i'm not anticipating it but you back sweeten it and then um and then you taste it you know from there right so you know there's a lot of things that can kind of kind of go wrong so what's going to happen next is, right, so it's three gallons, and we want to get to 1045, so you just have to do some quick math, right? So it's 35 points per gallon um, per pound of honey, right? And we want to get to, to 1045, you know, then you end up doing like, a, you know, 1.3 pounds or something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing you have to make sure is, so you're going to have to use uh, potassium metal bisulfite. Um, Run that by me one more time? Stop them from replicating, right? Potassium no. sulfite? Well, okay, so the if you're gonna back sweeten a mead, um, you need to add sulfites. Okay. Um, you know, potassium sorbate and potassium metal bisulfite. Because what'll happen is if you add the sugar back in, they'll just start fermenting. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll get going. They're gonna be like, right. yo, party's back on, boys, let's go. Exactly. Right. But the the other thing is that when you're adding this in, right, you're gonna add it in, you're gonna, you know, mm-hmm. you know, gently mix it, but you're still you're adding in oxygen and you don't want that. Right. Um, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna add potassium metal bisulfite. Right. And that'll 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 uh, get rid of the oxygen, so you won't get any oxygenation as well. Uh, yeah, yeah it binds to the oxygen so that it doesn't okay. react with the uh, gotcha. the honey and oxidize it. Yeah, so, that's something that uh, even some um, beer, some like breweries, oh, really? I, have started to do with the canning lines and stuff like that sure. to to uh, limit the oxygen exposure during canning. Yeah, or dry hopping or something. Like that. Yeah, dry hopping too. Yeah. So how would you? How do you? add it but how do you pour it back in do you just like try to pour it like in a very like gentle stream in or like is there a tool that helps you avoid oxygenating it like is there some trick that makes it a lot easier or no not really i mean i know i mean you know some people do the 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 keg transfer thing you know like purging the kegs and stuff like that right the problem you know you could do that but the the problem is it's already in a carboy i'd have to transfer it to a keg in order to do that so that right. kind of defeats the entire purpose right you could always attach like a hose to the bottom of the funnel or whatever yeah, so I that was, I was thinking below like the liquid something. line so you're not splashing it as it enters yeah that was kind of what i was thinking about i wasn't sure if there was a you know like a nifty home trick no to, you uh, to making it really easy yeah no just what mark said you just take the hose and you, and you put it all okay. the way down to the bottom Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, you get it covered with solution as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Do you do any CO two purging or anything while you do it? Uh, no, no, not it. You know, if I'm just transferring to, well, I'm going to take this, and so it's it's it was um you know racked from primary to secondary, and I put findings in there. I don't know why I did that, um, but I put findings in there, and now it's, the thing's like super clear. You could see the look at the base. Oh yeah. 
Oh, right. Yeah. So I, I have to rack it again. So I'm going to rack it again into another carboy. And then I'll, what I'll do is I'll add like the, the, the sugar solution to the bottom of that. Oh, so you'll rack on top of the sugar solution? Yeah, you rack on top, you know, rather than like having to pour on to, you know, okay. pour it in or whatever. Because you, yeah, you, you can't you, really you, funnel that. You can't really. Yeah, you'd also be splashing twice right. in that case. So this way you're at least only, you're limiting it to the first time, first transfer in. Right. So you put it in and then I'll rack it on top and then, you know, I'll use like, a, like an eighth of a teaspoon of like, you know, potassium, you know, f- you know free SO2. So I think my only other question for this is um, carbon, as far as carbonation, um, is concerned mm-hmm. um there really isn't any right no. now right and if you're adding back in you're going to add the sugar solution back in mm-hmm. but you're killing off the yeast you're you know castrating the yeast as justin put it earlier mm-hmm. um that's what i like to tell that's yeah you're not gonna get any carbon natural carbonation so would you right. would you carb so like for you to finish making this would you force carb it or would right. you just uh just say nope like drink it as is like this is what it should, how it should be no, no, you force carbonate it. Okay. Yeah, you just, you, I mean, it's so easy to do as a, as a home mead maker. Okay. You know, you're just shaking a keg back and forth and then sticking it back in your fridge. Got you know, most of your meads you leave still, though, don't you? Uh, if It depends. I, most of my bottle meads I leave still because it's just a pain in the ass. You know, you lose a ton of carbonation bottling. Mm. Um, I am quite aware. And the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and the thing just foams like, it foams like crazy, especially if it's like, you know, three and a half volumes of like it's a thing just foams like crazy man um so it's a pain but if i have something for a show you yeah. know like a beer show um you know i'll you just keg it in carb i like, usually yeah. do like so the right. two the two meads that i brought to uh to homebrew con were both both carbonated because people, oh, okay. people just yeah. like carbonated means better they just i don't know why you know they just they go faster. People just enjoy them more. Plus, as a home, as a home mead maker, like you mentioned, like you don't have to worry about any sort of carbonation limits. You can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so mead is still under, you know, for federal government, it's under wine, considered wine. So, if you go above what is whatever one point nine volumes, you get, you know, the the taxes you have to pay. It's like triple or some kind yeah, of crazy. Really? Yeah. Right. They, they treat it like champagne. Right. They treat it like champagne. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a luxury. Yeah. Luxury tax. I did right. not realize that. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Damn That's really interesting. That is crazy, uh, crazy thought process there. <laughs> well, it's much like I mean, you you know, being a history buff, most of all, most inventions or oh, you know, always, the ways of it's doing shit. How do we, how do we yeah. avoid paying taxes? Right, and think about it, all the different beers that are related to oh, that, yeah. just different shillings for, for yeah. everything. Well, why are we going to make it out of this? Because we don't have to pay taxes on this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There you go. You know, I love this. Why? The... There you go, why? Why does this have a large? Portion of unmalted barley in it. Yeah, because we don't tax the unmalted stuff. Why does this have so many such a high percentage of New York State ingredients? Because I can get a farm license. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no, there's it's, so many different, different ways of, course, of getting an advantage. Economics are going to play a big role. In of course. That. Yeah. No, it it makes it makes perfect sense. I just I just it didn't occur to me like that that was the aspect that they were looking at. You know? Right, right, right. Um, you know that the carbonation level is how they dictated it, or the amount of whatever you were saying. Right. Which is why you don't see a lot, you know, as many yeah. highly carbonated meads. Right. I think my um, I think my one thought on you know why you might enjoy carbonated mead mm-hmm. over still or more still meads is you do get that little bit of that syrupiness, that viscosity, mm-hmm. and the carbonation definitely helps lighten that up. Yeah. Well, you're and, adding acid. You know, so to ha- yeah, the carbonic acid in there. So to have that exp- have that. Lighten it up on your tongue, 
I think is just a is a pleasant experience for a lot of folks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Plus, it also aids in the ritual nasal action. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You get that. You get those aromas in ortho nasal, right? Yeah. You know, it makes it more effervescent. Sure. Sure. Aromatic. Now, when you have a, an idea in your head of like what um, what gravity, when you're not back sweetening, when you're doing it the, the way where you're tasting it, and then um, you know, cold crashing when you have it in the area, you, like you're around the area that you want. Mm-hmm. What is your thought on the final gravity? Is it different per, for each mead you do, or do you have a general general final gravity you're looking for all around? It's usually pretty different. You know, I, these days I tend to end you know ten forty plus. You know, I don't usually venture below that. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious where this ended up landing, and you know, through the back, back sweetening process versus what you may have done doing it that way. I, I probably would have been aim, aiming for about ten fifty. Okay. About ten fifty ish, and then I would I would have started tasting it around ten ten fifty five. I'm not, I'm not, what are you mixing over there, Kevin? I'm not all sure. All of them, I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. Everybody, everybody does the same thing at the end. Yeah. No, uh, no. I just, um, I wanted to be the. Uh, I took the ten fifty and added it back to the um, the base. Oh, okay. Just to cut the volume of it a little bit. So. I wasn't sure if it was the honey solution. No, no. I really do want to. Just, I, I'm being very good at not just chugging the yeah. honey solution. If, <laughs> if I wasn't trying to not be an enormous fat ass and actually continue to lose weight, I would. I would chug that. No, I I really just want like a piece of toast to to pour the that honey. Yeah. Over and just be like, I'm just done, done with that. You know, like. Um, that was actually breakfast that, this morning. Was hala toast with honey. So that's a pretty interesting nice. mead concept, making a, a hala hala bread inspired. Mead. Yeah, I think if you. Uh, I think if you got that, if you could get that, you could flavor. almost make it as sort of like a, uh, a kvass braggot. There you go. That'd be interesting. To- toast a, to- to- like toast a bunch of challah to death, and then soak it in some water, and then dump yeah. a bunch of honey in there. That'd be, that would be that right. fairly interesting. There you go. There's there's the mad idea. scientist idea from the for the episode. Yeah, I like that idea. You can throw some. You know, we made that beer out of uh, pumpernickel bagels. Right. Oh, yeah. Right, so we just, um, you know, we just got some, like, distiller's enzymes. So I forgot who's this who's here. Don't don't, we, haven't, yeah. we haven't used either of them yet, and we're not too worried about it. That's, uh, you got some banana in yours, I apologize. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, what, 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 so this is another mead that you've made. What, what is this? So this is uh, roasted pineapple and uh, banana. So I took that. I was going to say, I hear, I smell banana in yeah. there a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I took I took the pineapples and I roasted them on the barbecue, um, and then I you know I added them to the mead, and then uh, you know I added bananas. I, I love bananas in mead. Um, you know I, I always add bananas post fermentation. You just take a funnel, you can smush them in. But if you put them in during fermentation, you'll probably just push everything off of it. Well, right? yeah. You know this is you know it's a whole debate around people, but you know with certain fruits when to add them and stuff like that. But I, I just feel like bananas. You know they this. I, I every time I make a banana meads and, and it's at a competition or something like that, someone always says like, "Oh, would you use banana extract?" Because it's it's such a banana, what you would like a raw banana, exactly like a banana flavor to it. Yeah. The only problem is is it's a ton of particle matter. Like you're gonna you're gonna you, if you use it in a home in a home batch, like expect to lose like like a half gallon at least, and it takes forever to clarify. Gotcha. Yeah. So bananas are great, but you need time and. Prepared to lose a bunch of your of your of your meat. Would, would adding gelatin to that maybe help that issue, or is it just too fluffy? No, I mean you, you're definitely gonna have to add some kind of findings. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, it just it just sticks around for whatever reason. I'm getting that uh, banana bread vibe yeah. from it, like 
just you're getting the intense banana, but you get to just that little bit of alcohol that you would get like from baking and stuff like that. That you that fresh bread. I get a good amount of the pineapple too, honestly. I get me too. Yeah, I get it's a little bit that, of acidity from it's the a pineapple. Really, it's a really intense but absolutely delicious aroma. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, the uh, I, I almost get char too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it. Let's try. It kind of reminds me, of, you know, you go to a, a Brazilian steakhouse and they come around with like the pineapples on yeah. the skewers. Yes, it kind of reminds me of that. The the aftertaste is definitely like charred pineapple to yeah. me. Yeah, which is what I was going for. So, <coughs> yeah, this is a great. <coughs> this is really incredible. Yeah. Thanks. The uh, just the, that blending of all the the fruit flavors in there to get this, it comes and I'm not getting really any alcohol bite yeah. to it but you get that little bit of warm sure. at the end that you almost um almost you would like a brandy or something a little or a hard alcohol like that little warming sensation which is, yeah which is it's, really pleasing right it's about 12 12 12 and change okay yeah so, so yeah it's close <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically yeah and then i got i'll give you i guess i'll give you guys a minute on that or yeah all right yeah you don't, don't drink the whole thing dude please so, you know I, <laughs> I poured the whole thing but you don't have to drink the whole thing yes so. we do okay this is, I mean, you know, if it was just okay, I wouldn't, but it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, nice. this is... It's it's really unique. That's not, like, meant in the way that most people say shit's unique. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you this sucks, but it's different suck than every yeah. other suck. It, it really exotic. is one of the one of the most unique Let me like, put on kick gloves. One of the unique, <laughs> most unique beverages I've ever, I've ever had. Nice. The complexity is pretty, you know, mind-bending, especially for somebody who likes to pick apart what they're eating and tasting and everything the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Like, you can sit yeah, here. Good at that. I get more pineapple now than I did before. Oh, you know what? They just, um, I need some of those habanadas from you. Okay. For the meat that I want to make. You know what's really funny? I, just, I literally didn't think I was going to get any on any of the plants. And mm-hmm. I went out today and looked, and one of them exploded, and I have like nine. Nice. So <laughs> it's a, a habanero that uh, doesn't carry all the heat. It still That's has nice. heat, but it's like a jalapeno level of heat, not a habanero. Yeah. Not like a car battery to the nipples type of heat. No. No, <laughs> no, no. Car battery to no, the nipples no. was that I'm sauce really, at the That's, at, the, that's the seven bots. Oh. That, that was car battery to the Were nipples. Were you there when I did that? Yeah. When, I, dun- when I dunked the whole fucking I, I don't know, he, into the... He, he was around somewhere. You were sitting on the picnic table. I dunked... Mike oh, broke yeah, that yeah, concentrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean that Tabs Towns? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah man. I fucked, my, that, I fucked myself up. That was, that was not cool. Oh. Like, I mean, Mike told me it was concentrate, but I didn't register in my head. And then when I dunked it, and I heard him go... Oh no! <laughs> yeah. And then I ate. I not only did I take a bite off the top, I bit the whole half the empanada. Yeah, I was in the corner by an eagle, just spitting and like yeah. salivating. You looked like a dog that had got like tongue got stung by a bee for yeah. like a good twenty minutes. You were just like, ah, yeah. Ah, I, 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 I rallied though. I rallied. Yeah, I, I, people. It, it, look, I, I've been we've been I've been Long Island beer Malta's enthusiast for ten years, and. I've seen that that happen like multiple times. Like people don't understand. Like they're like, oh, I love spicy things. No, and I then, would... like one of our members pulls something out that they made at home and it's yeah. like smoking. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing is, I and know it's just like don't don't do that. They're like, oh, I love spicy things. And I've had... they're on the ground crying. I've like, had his hot taste. sauce before, and I mean, I definitely was overzealous. Period. Yeah. But this wasn't just hot sauce. This no. is like boiled, was, like it... reduced concentrate right. of death. Yeah. It, it was literally just like blended peppers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. There was nothing yeah. in there. I'm actually. I'm, I'm bummed you can't come to the uh, the barbecue because I have three or four hot sauces. Nice. And I there's one. There's a pear pear pineapple um, habanero hot sauce I made. That's it's really that awesome. Asian pear. That sounds awesome. No, it's actually <laughs> it, they were actually Bartlett pears. <laughs> Did you get your score back yet? 
Did I get my score back yet? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, after you informed me of the snafu that is going to cause me to not even get it this year. So, <laughs> if I get my score back yet, I was, I, the board beating, I, I don't forget, I saw somebody in Tops Towns who asked me, oh, did you get your score back yet? And I was like, oh, thanks. I hadn't thought about that. In, in the whole fucking week, I hadn't thought about it. And now you just asked me that. So now I'm obsessed over it every week, every day to this week. Well, actually, I was able to, to really extend myself this week because we had GABF today. Um, as we're recording this, this is the award ceremony. For, award ceremony for GABF was today, and uh, the least Belgian Belgian for mustache, which is myself, Mark, and uh, Greg Kelly, uh, had a shot at the pro am medal, which we fell short of. But it was still pretty cool to be able to uh, wake up on GABF awards day and think maybe I and got have an award. Exci- yeah, yeah, like, and have a reason to be excited. Right. You know, just I don't know, just being entered in, I think is super awesome and, and good for you guys. You guys beat a lot of entries. Yeah, you know. You guys had the trifecta this year. We did. Yeah, the three of us won all three, and then the one that we all three of us worked on together won. It couldn't have gone better. We it's just at, need to rig it again next year. Yeah, it's at, it's still on tap at Mustache. Um, I highly recommend oh, going there. It's delicious the Mustache and trying it um, on tap. It's, it's an awesome beer. It really, yeah. The, the second the second version of it was you know even better than the first. So well, I was really it. happy. Yeah, it made me excited. It made me think we were going to win a medal, and then we didn't. All right, let's jump into the next one here. What do we got here? All right, so this one, um, so this is a mead I made with. Uh, I, I really like using chestnut spread um, in 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 meads. So like it's like a you know used in like a lot of French um, desserts. It's um, like a uh, like a roasted chestnut spread, and it I think it, I find it translates really really well in meads. Um, and so it's it's uh, ancho. Pasilla and guajillo pepper with vanilla, um, roasted chestnut, and I think that's oh, and cinnamon. Oh, okay. Yeah, that cinnamon. sounds delicious. Yeah. So I thought I was trying to go for like a Mexican cake thing, but it just it didn't didn't pan out that way. But it's still there's a lot going on in that man. That's yeah, list the stuff. I was sitting, and then you're like this, and then I'm like, wow, all right, you're still going. It kind of sounds like. Did the we say we're, this? This one's a dump bucket. Yeah. Okay. It's uh yeah right in there. It kind of sounds like the uh, the squash soup that I made the other night, honestly. All right. Did you? Uh, yeah, I had squash soup for uh, frozen squash soup for lunch today because Steph took it out of the uh, um, freezer and put it in the refrigerator, and then she's like, "Oh, it should be good." And I just literally chipped it out <laughs> and then put it in the in the bowl. Speaking of carbonation, that one's pedalant, which means slightly carbonated. Petulant? Yeah, petulant. I always uh, thought it was so, petulant. I, yeah, I thought you said petulant. I'm like, oh, like a child. Got it. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Is it not in like the third Indiana Jones? Only the petulant will survive. Okay. <laughs> I guess hit with the saws. Uh, I think that's the penitent. Oh, all right. Penitent whatever. man will. I the penitent man shall pass. I thought that was my first mead reference in a movie, but I guess not. Huh. Sorry. Didn't mean, to oh, blow man. <laughs> Didn't mean to blow that up on you. <laughs> wow, ma'am. But uh, no, I just watched that one. Um, oh. The color on both of these is a fantastic color. Um, they're, by the way, and they're super clear. Although, I mean, other than the chunky one Mark got, they're super clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of expected. Ooh. Well, yeah. You know, so a little bit of spice in there. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, really good. It smells like chili powder. Yeah. You know, definitely the cinnamon is really prominent in the nose. Yeah, I get the cinnamon too. I love, I love Ooh. the the very. I mean, for me, very slight heat on it. Just sort of leaves it on the tongue. It builds a little bit as you're as you're uh, drinking it. Yeah, you know, it's a tip I got from Michael Fairbrother um, from Moonlight Meadery. That what he does is he takes his peppers and he only leaves them in for 24 hours. Um, so every time I ever add peppers to meat, I only leave them in for 24 hours. 
and the result and I just you know I over pep I, you know add more a lot of peppers leave it in for 24 hours and I find what happened is the heat hits and then it cuts out yeah so you can feel that with this right you get the heat yeah it lasts for like maybe like two three four seconds and then boom it like just drops out it drop totally drops out so I don't know why it does that but he recommended it and I've done it ever since it's anytime I ever use peppers this is really really interesting um the way you get that the heat and that little bit of cinnamoniness and then yeah you're right it just everything just seems to like disappear like poof yeah like hey here's all these flavors it's great and then wait where to go what happened i'm getting this little bit of i'm getting this little bit of like syrupness at the end and like a little bit of sweet and then oh hey everything's gone let's i gotta try that again (laughs) it's it's supposed to be complex supposed to be a lot of layers yeah there there really is the flavor is really what i was kind of going for with this The, the heat just sort of like almost acts like like carbonic acid in your tongue yep. it's there and it's heat it's not that but it, that's that kind of prickliness is what's left in the, the chestnuts well, are the, that, the, just in the background the yeah. prickliness is also from the slight carbonation no I know yeah. but I can tell the difference between heat the heat's left on my tongue so I know that's what it is you know what I mean this, yeah but uh, I, I yeah. also get the impression of the slight carbonation the, this was an interesting meat in that um, so I added the peppers first and it had this beautiful pepper flavor like okay I had pepper aroma but the pepper flavor you know like anchovacea and guajillo peppers, oh yeah no right? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those are awesome peppers, like that kind of raisiny. Yeah, kind of no, I, I like when you get the bag of anchos and you open it up. I yeah. stick my yeah. face in there. Yeah, that's the Just same. Very, for that, a while. that experiment, that experience of that first whiff of opening the canister or the bag or whatever. That's a lot of what you get in that first experience of this. Yeah, and but but what I was going to say is that when I added the the the, the roasted chestnut spread, it like killed it. It, oh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was. I'm telling. I wish you could try. I wish I kept it as I was. Oh, adding some of it. To yeah. It. it was. It was like I was like, what the that I was like, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? That that's never happened to me before. So like it was a, so one way, and I was like, all right, this is an amazing pepper flavor, you know. And then I added another green ingredient, and it just like destroyed it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I I don't know about you. I mean, I get pepper heat, but in terms of like the quality of those three peppers, like. In the flavor, like I don't get much of that. Yeah, no, I don't get no. a lot of the that super stone, prominent stone fruitiness or the even the um, from the anchos like a, a level of like mm-hmm. almost smoke and I, that's sort of missing. And then um, when I added the cinnamon and the vanilla, it, you know, so then then the roasted chestnut flavor was really really prominent. And then when I added the cinnamon and vanilla, it kind of muted that as well. So like the cinnamon, it, I didn't want this to be cinnamon forward, but it is cinnamon forward. Yeah. You know, I wanted the cinnamon to be more of a background note and I wanted to have kind of like equal kind of working components of um, the different peppers and the roasted chestnuts. And it just didn't work out that way. So I, I like the meat. It isn't what I envisioned and I don't know if I'm going to do anything. Probably want to maybe, you know, I don't know if I'm going to enter into competitions or anything like that, you know, but it was, it was an interesting learning experience for me about what can happen when you add different flavors and how they interact with each other. That it's not just piling. It's not like a sandwich, you know what I mean, where you're just piling layers on each other. Like they, they do interact with each other in interesting and in, in complex ways. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that would happen. Yeah. You have any any plans to do a uh, to, to just do those peppers again and like roll with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. That's uh, that. I, mean, I got some South Dakota honey. I got a bucket of South Dakota honey um, downstairs, and I think that would be a really good platform for those those three peppers. What was the uh, the base honey on both of these? Uh, um. The first one was clover, and then this one is orange blossom. Okay, yeah, and those are those are two like those are fairly common oh, varietals. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So yeah. playing, you know, 
playing around with it, I just mixed the, the other one that you made, the banana one, and everything with it. That's, you know, that's what you do. It's happening in my stomach. Kevin's freebasing over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because you mentioned, like, all those other flavors, and I, part of me was saying, like, you know, one of the things that I always really enjoy is a tropical note, a tropical fruit that comes in with a spicy pepper or something like that. Sure. That, that's not a groundbreaking combination by anyone's standards. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I Chili dusted mangoes. What? Chili dusted mangoes. Yeah, exactly. You know? I don't huh. So I tried it together a little bit, and the banana really just takes over everything. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe that little bit of... Because that pineapple, the comeback, would be... You know, deli- would be a nice little comeback to it. I think it's really interesting, actually, at doing the three peppers and putting the roasted pineapple in there. Yeah, I think, you know, you were able to get a little bit of the... Because you did the roasted pineapple, you had that... Um, the sensation of the grill. Yeah. Of that consistency on it. So that kind of brings back that smoky element a little bit. You know the brain. The brain is a. It's 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 very interesting how flavors and, and all this stuff oh, interacts yeah. with each other. But the the idea that it can it can connect, you know, flavors connect to memories, you know, is a, is, mm-hmm. a, is, is a very super interesting. It's almost the same thing as uh, music with uh, memories. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know these. Um, <laughs> it's like when you gave me uh, your Stein beer to taste, and I was oh. like, oh. That took me back to Thanksgiving at my aunt house 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it tastes like an ashtray. <laughs> and that's why I won't be taking any wart this year. Give Aunt Dottie a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Come here, Oh, God, she's smoking a cigar. Backpack when all my aunts and uncles smoked and there was ashtrays everywhere. Yeah. No, listen, I, that was the same experience at my, aunt, my aunts and houses growing up. I hear you. Um Dude, this is also this all and also is fantastic. Thanks. I I know you you kind of see it more as like a little bit of an experiment and the process of learning, but it's it's not a it's not a experiment. It's not a failed experiment. It's just something different. Well, it, I, I wanted to share this with you guys because it was a very interesting learning experience for me. Because um, I've I've done a lot with cinnamon, different cinnamon oils. Um, you know, I've done a lot with uh, cojillo basillo. Um, and ancho chilies, that right. combination. I love the, that three combination. So I've made like a lot of chili meads, and that was like that's like the like the trifecta that I like. Okay. And I also have used that that um, ch- you know roasted chestnut spread in a lot of different things. So to me, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do like a Mexican cake style beer, and it's gonna be the culmination of all this learning that I've had. You know what right. I mean? And so like now, and I put it together, and I was like, holy crap, these things did not work together at all. Like yeah. it was like such an unexpected uh, result, and I was I was pretty bummed. So out of curiosity, are you a, hey, I just have this in my head guy, or are you a note taker, like you have this written down somewhere, like, hey, this one, this is what I did, this is what I resulted in? Yeah, I, I take pretty copious notes. I mean, I, you know, you have, you kind of have to, you know? No, I, I would imagine so, like, knowing that, you know, after, you know, after how many, you know, probably hundreds of batches you've done of everything all over the, yeah. you know, over the lifetime, like you... I don't. I wouldn't know how you would keep it straight. If you said, "Hey, it's just kind of in my head," I was going to be a hell of a lot more impressed. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, would, always, I wouldn't be able to remember. I'm always skeptical of anybody who brewer or otherwise who's like, "Oh yeah, I'll take any notes," and I'm like, "Oh okay, you're, what you do sucks." Like <laughs> you might make a good thing every now and then, but so you guess is yeah, what you're trying to do. right? Tell us. Exactly. That's good. I don't use a hydrometer. Why would I use a hydrometer? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, these have been delicious um, really enjoy really enjoy these these last two and the learning process of going through the uh, the exercise of adding on the, the sugars was was really enlightening for me and i really enjoyed that process i i love you know i really you know i really preach the gospel on mead 
you know, I, I ran into to Andy Calamano at uh, a Bradstock um, from Starfish Junction. Uh, and he's just like, he's like, you're like the Johnny Appleseed of Mead on, on Long Island. You know, I was like, <laughs> there you go. I, was like yeah, I, I just, I really feel super passionate about it. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's just an amazing beverage. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it has a lot of, a lot of similarities to me with, with, with great, you know, cuisine, you know, great okay. culinary skills. Right. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. I like it's it much more akin to cooking than, like, you, I think you said this on the previous podcast we did. It's much more, it is much more akin to cooking than brewing is. I mean, brewing yeah. is similar, but when you brew, like, you, adding flavors after the fact is kind of, no. doesn't really happen. Right. Unless you really fuck it up. Um, but here you can, you know, you said you added the chestnut spread. That was different. Then you're like, well, okay, vanilla, cinnamon. Like, you know, you can, yeah. you can call audibles and, and move things around. So right. it's definitely pretty, pretty interesting from that regard. Omaha. Omaha. That's true. Alert, alert. Peyton Manning probably makes great mean. True. <laughs> <laughs> Has it in the back of the bus. And he drives around doing nationwide commercials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Justin, I did not understand your the thing. Are we going to drink those do now, you, or do you, we want to do? It? Are we doing another episode? With no, that, I, we... no. I think we. I think we'll we'll call this episode. We're going to have some celebratory meads from uh, Joe at uh, uh, Mead Works. I have a Lone Star here, and is one year later. We'll. Uh, so I'll put up a uh, Instagram post or something telling you what we think about him. But uh, I'd like to uh, stop talking to a microphone now. All right. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you again for working with us on this, and thank you for having us in your in your home. And it's uh, it's been fantastic, man. Thanks. And uh, it, just if I can just add, you know, uh, join the American Mead Makers uh, Association. Um, so the American Mead Makers Association, you know, is the is the you know the the national association that promotes um, American Mead Maker. Um, but in addition to that, if you want really amazing deals, um, there are amazing discounts, uh, every month. So you, you join, you get a one year membership and, uh, you know, pays for itself within a month. Cool. Yeah. Well, you said the, uh, the Harry Veg Honey was, uh, one of the promotions that you, when you got it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like 60 bucks off of like a, for a 13 pound pail. Nice. Yeah. It was, the the, the discounts are amazing. Sounds That's great. Good. I'll put a uh, link, link in our show notes and awesome. um, yeah, sign up. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com. On Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage. And Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow. Or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.